1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 131 of the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Got a packed show for you guys. It's Missouri week. I'll break down the game in its entirety, the storylines, key matchups to watch, keys to the game, give my prediction, and much, much more. Also, have some big-time announcements to get to for you guys and a fantastic interview with Gamecocks hockey coach, Alan Sirwa, we talk about his hockey program, the Gamecocks beating Clemson the other weekend, and much, much more. Before we get into all that, this is a podcast from two by our friends over at Hills Group Therapy. Yes, Hills Group Therapy, the oldest bar in five points, owned by legendary USC quarterback Steve Tannehill. They've got great specials for you guys, including Taco Tuesday, Wing Wednesday. They're perfect if you're a local here in Columbia and you want to go out and get a bite to eat. Or if you're in town for game day, you want a fun night out in the town, Tanny Hills is the way to go. Again, that's Tanny Hills Group Therapy located down in Five Points. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris ready? from the Spurs Up Show sent Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show, as always. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Got a packed show, obviously. It is Missouri week, the battle for the Mayor's Cup. Gamecocks looking to extend their winning streak over Missouri to four straight years. Going to get into that game, dive into it, break everything down in its entirety. Before I do, got some announcements, some housekeeping items to get to before we start the show. First off, if you did not see on social media, uh, if you have not seen yet, the Spurs Up Show official watch party for the Missouri game. I'm very, very excited To get this going, obviously, Gamecocks being on the road, the only two games I will not make this year are at Missouri and at Texas A&M simply because of the road trips that were just – they're really hard to manage. Um, So, won't be making a trip, but was able to partner up with the Cotton Gin down in five points. If you're listening to this, you're probably pretty familiar with it. But Cotton Gin down in five points, throwing a watch party there. There will be a lot of former Gamecocks there. A couple that are are already confirmed are Bobby Haney, uh, Joey Pancake, Ulrich Jones, Michael Skarnecchia might drop by as well. Doors open at 3.30 for that this Saturday. Game kicks off at 4. It's going to be a lot of fun. A um, lot of drinks, food, good times. Again, former Gamecocks in the building as well. Going to have the game on, no doubt. and It's going to be a really, really fun time. I'm really, really excited to do this, bring this to you guys. Again, appreciate the guys over at Cotton Gin for helping make it happen. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to kind of just get some Gamecock fans together, fans of the Spurs Up show. But Gamecock fans together and watch the Gamecocks take down Missouri. So very, very excited. If you're in Columbia, if you're in town, you want a fun place to watch the game, come out to Cotton Gin. Again, doors open at 3.30. Game kicks off at 4 o'clock. I'll be there rocking and rolling, obviously. Uh, should be a great time. Uh, also, very, very excited to announce doing a live show from Tannehill's Group Therapy on Saturday before the, uh, the watch party. 1.30 to 2.30, I'll be at Tannehill's Group Therapy, so you guys be sure to come out there, come have some food, some drinks, come listen to me, talk about the Gamecocks, talk about the upcoming game. Um, the way that show is going to go, and this sort of leads into another big announcement that I'm really, really excited about. Um, anybody who's listened to this show long enough or listened to me knows that, or maybe you don't know, that one of the things I've always wanted to do is like I think the whole radio show where people can call in and talk to you and you take questions, that live aspect is really, really cool. Um, and I always kind of wonder like, how could I bring that? Because I don't really have, or didn't think I had the technology or, you know, just kind of the whole setup to do it no more that is coming. It's officially going to be called the coop call-in show with Chris Phillips. And that's what I'll be doing Saturday and starting Monday, every single day, Monday through Friday, it'll be a daily thing live on Twitch, which I will put the link out. If you remember the, uh, the, uh, the season simulation we did on NCAA 14, you can actually do videos on Twitch, too, for those of you that aren't familiar with the platform. But what I'll do is I have the Spurs Up show, that Google voice number that you guys call in and leave voicemails on. I have that set up now to where I can actually answer calls on there. So I'm going to do the show starting Monday. It'll be every day from 1 to 2 o'clock in the afternoons. Um, again, going to be called the Coop Calling Show with Chris Phillips. And from 1 to 2, I'll just talk Gamecocks, like similar to a radio show. We'll just talk Gamecocks, talk – you know, from on the field, off the field, hell, we can talk Gamecock Twitter. We can talk Gamecock culture. Just everything going on with South Carolina, and you guys again will have the ability to call in, and we can actually talk on the air. And again, it'll be live streamed on Twitch. So I'm I'm really really excited about that. Again, I'm sure it'll be a work in progress, like everything else I do that I do is. But I'm really really excited to bring that to you guys again. The first ever one will be Saturday from Tanny Hills Group Therapy, um, one thirty to two thirty. So you guys, obviously, I'll be posting the link, but you guys tune in. You can call in as well if you have any thoughts pregame. Uh, I think it'll be really cool for the first one to be like a game day edition, if you will. But, again, something I'm really excited about, again, it's called the Coop Call-In Show with Chris Phillips. I know that name's kind of corny, but it is what it is. That's, that's what we came up with. So, uh, again, Spurs Up Show Watch Party. Or I'll start, actually. Live show at Ten Hills Group Therapy from 1.30 to 2.30 being streamed on Twitch. Um, you can call in, you can come out and listen as well. I mean, obviously I'll have the mic hooked up to the speakers and I'll just be talking about the South Carolina game, that, that game against Missouri. Um, you guys can call in if you like. And then basically immediately after uh, the Spurs Up show watch party at Cotton Gin down in Five Points, doors open at 3.30. Uh, game officially kicks off obviously at 4 o'clock. So please be sure to come out to both of those if you can. I would love to see you guys out there. I think, again, it's going to be a fantastic day. going to be a lot of fun. Um. And I truly cannot wait for Saturday, obviously not just for what I'm doing, but for the game as well. But uh, it's going to be a good time, no doubt. would love to see you guys out there. All right, like I said, there's a game to be played, is there not Gamecocks taking on the Missouri Tigers? Four o'clock kickoff in Columbia, Missouri for Field on SEC Network Alternate. For those of you that have been asking, me, I think if you have DirecTV, the SEC Network Alternate channel is the one literally right below SEC Network. And if you're streaming it, it's just going to be – on your it's going to be one of the options available for streaming so it's there you everyone should be able to watch it if you can't uh, hey come out to the watch party <laughs> we'll have it on um missouri we I talked about a, the spread a lot in this one tigers open is a 10 point favorite now down to nine and a half but tigers are still a nine and a half point favorite over under set at 63 and a half uh serious history caron actually leads the series five and four and who can forget the last time they met last year gamecocks winning the Monsoon game, Michael Skarnecchia having the game of his career. South Carolina wins 37-35 to 35 off a of Parker White game-winning field goal. Uh, injury report for this one, Randrikas Davis, Brad Johnson, and Keir Thomas looks like the only guys that should be out. Um, you never know, obviously, as we get to game day and who's going to be out with a stinger and what have you. You guys have been sick. But those are the three guys that we know for sure right now that are going to be out. Obviously, Missouri head coach Barry Odom, um tigers this year two and one with wins over west virginia and south missouri, southeast missouri state they actually lost to wyoming in week one i know missouri was a team that a lot of people were giving hype this preseason they came out and got smacked around week one so the tigers obviously are you know i think in a similar position as the gamecocks and as i get to my storylines that's really my first one is that who are we you know who are we as a team and i think missouri's got to be thinking the same thing this is a huge game for both programs, in the sense for this 2019 season, and really you could say for both coaching staffs too, because I don't 100% know the pulse of the Missouri fan base in regards to Barry Odom, but I know he was a guy that after 2017 was highly, highly scrutinized. Was a guy that a lot of fans wanted to run out of town, and I think Barry Odom's still kind of a guy like Will Muschamp, even who is sort of earning that trust and trying to you know get the fan base on his side, in his corner, if you will. But I think both teams for the immediate future right now for this season, I think both teams are simply just trying to find out, you know, who are we as a team? Um, You know, what – and I think for both teams, this game is going to play in a lot to um, how the rest of their season goes. I mean, I think for South Carolina, that's the next storyline I have here. You know, is this game a must-win? You know, I've seen a lot of that on Twitter and on social media this week. You know, would you consider this a must-win game for South Carolina? I I think it's – you know, here's the thing. Kentucky's a must-win. But this one's as close to a must-win behind that one as you can get. I mean, this game, to me, is going to really determine the success that South Carolina has in its 2019 season. I mean, listen, it's hard for me to imagine you lose this when you go to, what, you go to two and two um, – or, excuse me, you go to one and three. What am I talking about? You go to one and three, it's hard for me to see South Carolina making a bowl at that point. Um, if bowl eligibility is on your mind, which obviously, of course, is – You need to beat Missouri. You need to go on the road and win this one. Again, this is a 50-50 game, toss-up, swing game. I know what the spread says, which I disagree with the spread. Um, Was shocked it was that high. But this is as close to a must-win game as it gets. Um, You know, you, you have Kentucky coming up immediately after Missouri, and again, not looking ahead of the Missouri game. But I just know me personally, I just can't even fathom and just don't want to think about the vibe around Columbia if you're 1-3 in three going into the Kentucky game. Because, I mean, I think we all believe that South Carolina should beat Kentucky this year, even with Ryan Helinski at quarterback. I mean, this is a team that's lost Terry Wilson for the season. They lost Benny Snell. They lost Josh Adams. They lost a lot of guys off their defense, off their offense, off everything, off the last year's team that won 10 games. And we knew coming into this season that Kentucky game was a must win. I mean, for the Will Muschamp era, for his status as head coach, that was a must-win. And to me, it's just losing against Missouri, man, it just puts a really, really bad taste in your mouth coming into a week that is so important for this program. Uh, but but focusing on this game, I mean, I, I just really think for the Gamecocks' prospects of making a bowl game. And, heck, I'd say Missouri's prospects are having a good, you know, a decent season, a season like they were hoping to have. This is a must-win game for both teams. I mean, it's as close to a must-win as you can get. Um it's an extremely important game. It's a game that I know both schools, um, you know, both schools really. Value. This has become a very interesting type of rivalry against South Carolina. Leads at five and four. It's been very, very back and forth, very competitive um, since Mizzou joined the SEC. And I think this is one South Carolina again. You know, you're fighting for SEC East supremacy or the pecking order, if you will. And you don't want a program like Missouri to jump you. I, that, that's you know, you want to be up there competing with the Georgias, the Floridas, the Tennessees, and maybe not Tennessee right now, but you want to be competing for that number two spot behind Georgia. You cannot afford to have Missouri jump you. And that's the same reason why you can't allow Kentucky to beat you again, because if you're, you cannot justify that you're on the right path as a program under Will Muschamp if you can't win these type of swing games. If you don't beat a Kentucky, for example, which, again, I know I'm getting ahead of myself talking about Kentucky, but this is an important game. This is a really, really, really important game. Because, you know, there's a lot of positivity right now and a lot, you know, saying, how look how good South Carolina looked against Alabama. And, you know, what do you do with that momentum? Do you take it on the road to Mizzou and play your best football, win by two touchdowns? Do you kind of get some positive momentum going, get the USC fan base and be kind of back in your corner a little bit? Or do you squander it and that same team doesn't show up? Um, so it's a big game, man. I think it's just a big – it has huge ramifications for the Gamecocks this 2019 season, without a doubt. Um, another huge storyline, obviously, Kelly Bryant. Former Clemson quarterback, the quarterback now at Missouri. Uh, He's off to a pretty decent start this year. But, again, it kind of comes back to me, like, who are you? Like, what type of player are you? Because the last we saw of you, you were getting benched at Clemson. And, you know, listen, for this year for Missouri, they lost to Wyoming, which I know it's a tough place to play, but it's Wyoming. And they've blown out two bad teams. So we don't really know anything about them either. But the whole, the whole Kelly Bryant versus South Carolina dynamic, I think is definitely a storyline to watch. Um, Kelly Bryant, you know, he's a solid player, dynamic, can run and throw. Um, obviously, his biggest knock at Clemson was the passing game for Kelly. So, it'll just be interesting to see. You know, South Carolina, no, South Carolina fans have certainly got a chip on their shoulder. They want to take this guy out for what he did to him when he was at Clemson. You know, I'm sure Kelly Bryant feels a little bit the same. You know, I'm, I'm sure he's still not a South Carolina fan. You know I mean? I'm sure that's something that's kind of ingrained in him. But, uh, no, the whole Kelly Bryant dynamic and the game how, – how do the Gamecocks defensively – how do the Gamecocks defensively, you know, handle handle a dual-threat quarterback? Like a true dual – threat? I mean, I'd say probably this is – yeah, this is going to be the first dual-threat guy that South Carolina has really faced this year. I mean, I, I don't think you could throw any of the other ones really in that category. And, again – Kelly Bryant, I wouldn't say he's the best quarterback in the world, but he's certainly a dynamic player and a pretty solid college quarterback. So uh, how do the Gamecocks handle him defensively will be something big to watch as well. Final storyline for this one. I just think it's a storyline that, you know, the Mayor's Cup, again, this one, like I said, is turning into a robbery. Gamecocks have won three straight. Um, and In a time right now where it feels like South Carolina's got more losing streaks than winning streaks against teams, can they make it four straight? I mean, this is really just one you want, you need You know what I mean? Like, you can't afford to, you know, you have, again, put yourself ahead of Missouri in the SEC East pecking order. You, in my opinion, you cannot afford to slip up and allow a program like Missouri to beat you and to jump you, if you will. It's not a good look for Will Muschamp. It's not a good look for his program. And it's just something you want to avoid. Again, you want to keep that positive momentum, that winning streak going. Um, so again, what factors that play into it? Again, I, I think it's interesting how this has kind of become a little rivalry. Um, you know, I, I think the two teams really don't like each other all that much. And again, the games, the games are always good. I, I said in the preseason that I thought South Carolina would either lose at Missouri or at Tennessee, just because those two series, South Carolina has been playing with fire so much in these winning streaks, And it's eventually going to come up and bite you. Is this the weekend it does? Hopefully not. But Normally when you're playing in a series with somebody and you're going back and forth and you're, you seem to be getting all the breaks, you know, the ball kind of always comes back to the other side. It always evens itself out. So, uh, again, hopefully not this weekend, but it'll be very interesting to see kind of the Gamecocks approach and if they can, can you know, extend that winning streak, um, you know, in this series. Obviously, another big storyline as well, South Carolina's defense. What corrections have they made during this week? Are they have, have there been any changes in the back end in the secondary? Um, you know, South Carolina, again, I, I know they're not going to face near the athletes they face against Alabama when they take on Missouri. But something's got to change. Something's got to give. I mean, it really does. And, you know, South Carolina is just not going to win many ball games playing the way they did defensively against Alabama. You just cannot – I mean, outside of J.C. Horn, South Carolina was pretty pathetic in the secondary. Um, you need to have a much better game. <clears throat> Missouri does have a pretty solid passing game with Albert O. Oh. They've got uh, Jonathan Johnson at wide receiver as well. Larry Roundtree at the running back position who can swing out and catch the football. So it's going to be a much different type of offense that South Carolina faces this week. But defensively, you just got to play better. I mean, you've got to play better because what leads into my next storyline is a big one that Ryan Halinski, his first ever road start as Gamecock's starting quarterback. How does he handle it? I mean, listen, I know that Missouri – is not the most hostile place in the world. I mean, it's, it's a decent stadium. Their fans do get rowdy, don't get me wrong, but it's not Sanford. It's not the Swamp. It's not LSU. It's, it's not A&M. You know, so how – it's not, it's not even Williams, right. It's not even close. But how do – how does a guy like Ryan Linsky, how does he handle it? Because obviously he's shown great composure, poise. He's, he's shown – he's checked off all the boxes for South Carolina. He has done everything you need to see him do. Played well. Played very well against Alabama. Um, has played well since he got the ball, since he got the job. But going on the road, can he keep that same composure? Can he keep that same mentality? Nothing changes for him. Can he keep that mentality and continue to play well? Because I'll be honest with you guys, one, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but one of the biggest things that scares me is that the Gamecocks have not been good defensively. They have not been able to stop anybody. And you have to think realistically, at some point, Ryan is gonna have a freshman game. He's he's just gonna play, he's gonna have a game where he plays like a freshman. And it's okay. It's not a knock on him. He is a freshman. But he's probably gonna have one of those games where it just kind of doesn't go his way. And South Carolina might have to win a game 20 to 17, 23 to 20. Hell, 17 to 14. I don't know. Can South Carolina defensively, one, can they do that? But two, can Ryan Holinski avoid that game and not let it come this week? Listen. Missouri's not a juggernaut defensively. I think South Carolina should be able to score on this team. I think they should be able to score pretty often on this team. I expect this game to be a shootout, hence why I said the best bet was over 63 and a half. But what if South Carolina needs a stop from his defense or needs a couple of stops from his defense? Can they get it out of their defense? That to me is, you know, that's going to be huge. It's going to be something to watch and Again, you know, looking at it, I do expect Ryan Halinsky to play well. I mean, he's shown composure, he's shown poise, his character. I think he's he he should. I think he should play well, but just in case, can that defense make stop make stops for him? I mean, that, that's that's going to be a big thing to watch. Let's get into the key matchups to watch for this one. I'm going to start again. A lot of it, these really do focus on the defense. In my, you know, you're going to notice they focus on the defense. My first one is linebacker play for South Carolina against tight end Alberto. Alberto, if you're not familiar with him. One of the SEC's best tight ends. Uh, taking a look at the stats a year ago, he had 43 catches, 466 yards with six touchdowns. So the dude's a threat. If you've never seen the guy before, I don't know. Let's see. He is 6'5", 255. Reminds me of like a Wesley Saunders type that's south Carolina. You guys probably remember Wesley Saunders. I've had him on the show before. He's got that similar type of build. Huge dude, but extremely athletic. He can be a huge mismatch problem. The Gamecocks linebackers, let's face it, guys, they have not been great. South Carolina's linebacker play has not been good. So, whoever, you know, I think the linebackers will spend most of the day covering him. You might get a nickel to drop down and cover him, but whoever's on him, you've got to be able to limit Alberto. That's going to be one of Kelly Bryant's best friends on Saturday, no doubt. The linebackers for South Carolina overall just got to play better. They got to play better. They got to play better assignment. They got to be in the right place at the right time. They got to wrap up. They got to tackle. They got to hit. They got to do all the little things. But the linebacker play has just got to get better. It just, it just does. You cannot win and have a good defense without decent linebackers. So, linebacker play against tight end Albert O, my first one. My second one, defensive coordinator Tavares Robinson against offensive coordinator Derek Dooley. I told you guys, he's got these key matchups focused on defense because I think the Gamecocks need to play well on defense to win this game. Um, T-Rob, his stock is plummeting at, the point, at this point. And I, I love T-Rob. Love the mentality he brings, the fire, the energy. But, dude, as much crap as I give Will Muschamp for this being year four and his defense not being where it needs to be, what about T-Rob? He's a defensive coordinator. I mean, outside of one year in 2017 where this was a, you know, a team that was just very opportunistic and got the ball off of everybody that year, this defense hadn't been all that great. And, I mean, T-Rob's the defensive coordinator. He's the man in charge. Derek Dooley on the other side, obviously you probably remember him from being the head coach at Tennessee, which was a very much failed experience. Um, But this is a matchup that two minds going against each other, you need to win. South Carolina has been out-schemed at times this year. You know, South Carolina has been, they've looked silly. They've been in the wrong place at the wrong time. Haven't won the matchup because they've been misaligned. Things of that nature. That comes back to coaching. South Carolina's got to be in a better place coaching. Derek Dooley, a capable play caller, in my opinion. But T-Rob's stock is plummeting right now, man, the way this defense is playing. His defense has got to step up because it reflects back on him. It reflects back on T-Rob. So defensive coordinator Travis Robinson against offensive coordinator Derek Dooley, I think, going to be a big one. And then finally, my third key matchup to watch, quarterback Ryan Halinski versus Farah Field. And listen, I talked about it already. I believe in three. I believe in Ryan Halinski. I believe he's going to have a good game. But you never know how a kid's going to react until you put him in that situation. You know, Ryan Alinsky hasn't been to a stadium where 60,000 people hate him. He had not been, been to that yet. And I think he can handle it. Again, none of this is, none of this is doubt or anything like that, but it, it's something to keep an eye on. How does he handle that? You know, I know Muschamp says they practice with crowd noise, and, but you cannot simulate game reps on the road. You just can't simulate those type of reps on the road. Um, so how does Ryan Helensky deal with the crowd noise with a hostile environment, you know, especially if South Carolina defensively doesn't start out the game playing very well and the pressures on him to get the offense moving down the field? Does he does he does he force some throws? Does he try to be a hero? Does he try to do too much? You know, um, that's, in my opinion, definitely something to watch and something to keep a very, very close eye on. So again, my three key matchups to watch linebacker play against Titan Albert O. Defensive coordinator Travaris Robinson against offensive coordinator Derek Dooley and quarterback Ryan Halinski versus Peratt Field or the visiting or the uh, the uh, home crowd, if you will. My keys to the game for South Carolina, what does South Carolina got to do to win this football game? The first one to me is very simple: win the turnover margin. South Carolina, I mean, I don't remember the last time South Carolina won a game when it lost the turnover margin. In a game like this, where it's a coin flip, where it's 50-50, it's gonna be so pivotal. I think I said this about UNC as well. It's just gonna be so pivotal. The team that is opportunistic, the team that takes care of the football, and the team that can get the football off of people is probably going to be the team that wins. I mean, that's just, you know, you can say that almost damn near any football game, but South Carolina right now, in my opinion, especially defensively, is just not good enough to overcome losing the turnover, losing the turnover margin. Um, the Gamecocks offense, again, needs to be very, very good at protecting the football. Ryan Helensky needs to continue to develop and have a really, really good game. And, you know, again, be careful with the football. I mean, obviously take your shots, do whatever, but be as careful as you can with the football, man, because you have a defense on the other side that hasn't necessarily done a great job of getting the ball off of people and hasn't done a great job of really stopping anybody. So the Gamecocks have got to win the turnover margin, in my opinion, again, especially in these 50-50 coin flip games. That's such an important thing to do. You've got to win the turnover margin. Uh, My second key to the game, play your assignments. Just simple, play your assignments. Be in the right place at the right time. And that comes back to coaching. South Carolina defensively, this season has gotten beat, has missed tackles, has given up yards because they just weren't in the right place. They've got young guys in that secondary, and you're going on the road. chant preaches how important communication is you got to play your assignments. You could say on the offense, too, the offensive line. I know they had a great game against Alabama. They did. Tip the cap to them. They've been so much better since week one. Um, but you got to play assignment football, man. Be in the right place at the right time. Don't miss, any, don't, don't miss your assignment, period. You know? So I, I just think doing the little things. That's one of the things. That's a little thing. Do the little things correctly to set yourself up to, get big, to have big things happen. So play your assignments. My last one, create pressure. I feel like Kelly Bryant is a guy, listen, he's a dual threat guy, but South Carolina is going to have to create pressure. Will they be able to get pressure with four? I don't know. I, I think there's, they should be able to. But you're going to have to put pressure on Kelly Bryant and force him to mistakes. Again, it kind of comes back to the, the turnover margin. You need to force Kelly Bryant into some mistakes. You need to force him to make throws where he's uncomfortable. You need to also create pressure in the running game, in my opinion. Listen, Larry Roundtree's a damn good running back. One of the best in the SEC that you've probably never heard of. Roundtree is a very, very solid back. I got his stats here. He rushed for 1,216 yards and 11 touchdowns. They like running him. They run that spread up-tempo offense. I mean, it's going to be a lot of that. So the Gamecocks just need to play well on the defensive line, create pressure on not just Bryant, but also Roundtree, you know, plug holes. But I think in the passing game, getting, getting Missouri to third and eight or longer, getting pressure on Kelly Bryant, Make him uncomfortable. Again, he's not the most polished passer in the world. Get him to make some mistakes. Um, so, again, my key is the game. Win the turnover margin, play your assignments, and create pressure. Those three of me are going to go a long way in this football game. Prediction time. <laughs> Prediction. Gamecock sitting at 1-2, and two, Mizzou at 2-1. and one. How does this one play out? <sighs> I already mentioned this one's huge, man. This is a huge game. I it's a big game for both teams, especially South Carolina. You do not want to drop to one and three. You absolutely do not want to drop to one and three with Kentucky upcoming. Because, you, like I said, I mean in my opinion, you want as many positive vibes going into that Kentucky game because there's going to be so much pressure on it, so much talk about it. You have to win it. You want to come into that one with some positive vibes. Um, you know, I think a lot of South Carolina fans right now are <clears throat> are feeling pretty good about what they saw from their team against Alabama, and you should be. You know, a lot of positive to take away for sure. You know, definitely some negatives, but a lot of positives to take away. Um, you know, in regards to this game, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. This one scares me. I mean, this game really, really scares me. First, off, I want to say South Carolina plus nine and a half is a great bet. My my best bet is the over, but you know, I can't believe how the spread was just so blown up. I don't understand that at all. Um, but this game really scares me. I mean, I said before the season that the game at Mizzou and the game at Tennessee. They both scare me because you, you have been living on the edge for so long with these guys. And eventually, they're going to get you. They're going to get you back. And, you know, Ryan Halinski, a true freshman quarterback on the road. Again, I think he'll, he's, I think he'll play well. But it, it, it makes me nervous. A true freshman quarterback on the road, his first time going on the road. You've got a Gamecocks defense that hasn't stopped anyone. Granted, Missouri, I mean, what have they shown you, right? What's Missouri shown you? Again, they have lost to Wyoming, which I don't know a lot about Wyoming, but I don't think they're the quality of an SEC team. And they've beaten a bad West Virginia team, and they've destroyed Southeast Missouri State, which is like playing FCS East and NCAA football. So, you know, we don't know much about Mizzou either. But the one thing I will say that I do know is that the Gamecocks have given up 250 rushing yards in North Carolina and they gave up 500 passing yards to Alabama. Again, Alabama is Alabama, but this is a defense that is reeling, that is struggling right now. Um, The Gamecocks are going to need some turnovers to go their way. I I just don't think straight up they're going to stop Missouri. Missouri is going to get their points. Um, I think the Gamecocks will get their points as well. I don't think Missouri is any type of world beater on defense themselves. Um, But I'll be honest with you guys. Right now, I'm actually (sighs) – Right now, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning Missouri. I'm picking Missouri to win this one, 38-34. I think it's a, here's the thing. I think it's a 38-34 or a 38-31 game coin flip. I, I really do. I think it's a coin flip kind of game. I think it's a back-and-forth game. I think it's extremely close. I'm going to give the edge right now to Missouri because they're the home team, and I don't have confidence in this defense. I don't have confidence that this defense is going to get the stop that South Carolina needs to win the football game. Because they're going to have to stop somebody. Like South Carolina, you're going to have to stop somebody, period. You just have to. And, again, I 100% believe South Carolina can win this football game. No question. Again, it's 50-50. This is a coin flip type of game. But right now, with what I've seen from this defense and a true freshman going on the road, I love Ryan Helinsky, But it scares me. It really, really scares me. So, I've got Missouri again winning this one, 38-34. I would love nothing more than to be wrong, as you guys obviously know. But I got the Tigers thirty-eight thirty-four. man. We'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, Tigers thirty-eight 34. Uh, All right, let's get into some listener questions. Got voicemails as well. I want to get to two voicemails really quickly that were left on Sunday afternoon. It was actually after I recorded the show. Uh, so I do apologize not getting to these in time. But I'm going to go ahead and play them for you guys. And we will see – let's see. Actually, it's one voicemail. It's one voicemail. No, it is two. It is two. Okay, it is two. They both apply. Okay, cool. So, two voicemails from Sunday and then one new, and we'll kind of go ahead and get into these.
2: Hey, what's up, Chris? Just wanted to leave my thoughts after um, the game. I really – they're really definitely impressed with Elisky. I think we finally got into QB. I'm very excited uh, this year. He made a lot of throws that where I thought were very, very impressive, especially because uh, good Alabama defense. And I knew that we really did move the ball throughout the whole game. We just couldn't put it through the end zone. And then I feel like maybe a couple calls on our way or maybe a couple decisions much that he that shouldn't have made. Maybe it was in close, you know. But um, I really just enjoyed the um us moving the ball. That's something we definitely haven't been able to do against uh. Top teams. I think that's probably why. Why? Because of Jake Bentley. I think he is probably probably the main reason why our offense hasn't been as it should. But that's a that's a topic for another day. But um, uh, yeah. I really thought the secondary was going to be better than it seemed. Of course, you are going up against all pro wide receivers on the other side. But just I just disappointed especially with Jan Williams I have no idea what he was doing he he looks he looks out of, almost out of position every play not making tackles don't know the right reads. I don't know what uh my father did tell me that he he were the only school that recruited him at cornerback so that's that's probably why but um just my thoughts on this game I also wanted to ask you what do you think the rest of the season look out look like this offense should be able to put up points daily this does look like an offense that should. Hopefully it would. But, um, again, just want to leave my
1: thoughts and go GameCup. All right. Appreciate the voicemail. So, a lot of good points. Obviously, again, this was an old old voicemail from after the Bama game. I just wanted to make sure I played it because you took the time to leave the voicemail. So, I want to show my appreciation. But I'll speak more so on your last question, the outlook of the season and, you know, would the offense should be able to score every game. You know, <clears throat> listen, again, like I talked about, this Missouri game is going to go a long, long way. And determining the outlook for this season. What I'm most scared of is that – because I feel like what happens a lot of times with freshman quarterbacks, there's just a lot of inconsistency. You look like a world beater one week and the next week you you struggle. You know, I, again, that may not happen. I mean, it really might not. Ryan Olenski is a different breed of dude. He's a different type of guy. But I'm just nervous about it. I mean, I, I love Olenski, too. I, obviously, we all do. But I'm just nervous about it, man. I mean, it's it's, it's hard not to be nervous when you got a true freshman quarterback. now. Do I think – and, you know, this is, this is no knock. This is just honesty. Do I think we have that much less of a chance to win with Molenski at quarterback than Bentley? Just based off what I've seen, I don't really think so. Like, I, I think with – from what I've seen so far of Malinsky, this can certainly be a bowl team. No question. I think this is still a team. If you can beat Missouri on Saturday, they can win at least six games. I mean, I don't think seven and five is out of the question. I really don't. So, because you, you think he should only get better um so you know i mean i appreciate the voicemail again i think the outlook of the season you know i think fans we should still expect to at least be competing to get to a bowl but this this one saturday is going to go a long way in that
3: hey what's going on man uh it's carter Uh, i'm currently sitting at my house Sunday afternoon and just thinking about yesterday and just being at the game you kind of get a different perspective and you kind of have to think back on some things that happened. And while I was very impressed with the um, play of Holinski, I know there's a lot of things, especially defensively, we need to work on. I did have a question I wanted uh, to ask. I wanted to get your opinion on Holinski staying in the game for that final drive and taking that big hit. I believe it was either the second or third play of that drive. just want to get your thoughts on that, and if you thought maybe the game kind of already decided at that point, it would have been a good idea to take him out and probably put Joyner in, just give him a couple reps against that Alabama defense, and you may touch on this during um, the show before you take more spells, but just want to get your thoughts on that. Love the show, and uh, go Gamecocks.
1: All right, Carter, appreciate the voicemail, man. Yeah, really quickly, I did talk about this on the show on Monday, but, uh, you know, no, I I think it's just more so because they wanted to see Ryan get as many snaps as possible, get as many reps. I understand where you're coming from with you don't want to see him get hurt, but uh, I I think that's what it comes down to as far as they just want to get him as many reps as possible. All right, so here's a voicemail that was actually left today uh, regarding the Mizzou game, so we're going to go ahead and get to this one. Hey, Chris, what's going on? This is Tim. Uh,
3: Sorry we didn't get a chance to meet up at the band game. But looking forward to Missouri this week. My question for you is, I know you do your keys to the game and you highlight players, but what is an X factor that you see other than that that could really have the game go our way? Um, maybe it's you know, some how the coaches approach this game with, with, with Kelly Bryant after, you know, after seeing him at Clemson. Uh, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on something other than what you specifically highlighted. I uh, just want to hear some more names and some things that we could look out for during the game. Uh, anyway, keep doing what you do, man. Really
1: appreciate it, and go, Cox. All right, Tim. Appreciate the voicemail, man. Dad, yeah, we'll definitely have to meet up sometime this season. Just let me know. But uh, X-Factor going in the game that maybe I'm not even – nobody's talking about. Maybe I'm not talking about, um, <clears throat> you know, obviously slowing, stopping Kelly Bryant. I mean, I, I think it's Larry Roundtree. Um, that, maybe that's not a name that you're hearing a whole lot going into this week. And I know I did mention him um, a little bit earlier, but South Carolina was abysmal against the run against North Carolina. It's going to be hard for South Carolina to win this football game if they cannot stop the run. And Missouri, again, loves to run that that up-tempo, that spread, kind of sort of what South Carolina does, but they do it even on steroids. I mean, they love to run the up-tempo, the quick offense, and they love to run the football. They really like to run the football. So, you know, I, I just think for South Carolina, it's, it's going to be imperative to – that. that's the X factor. Javon Kinlaw, again, playing his best football. Game, the Gamecocks on the inside playing well. Um, you know, it's going to be very, very important to stop the running. Larry Roundtree, again, a lot of South Carolina fans, if you're hearing this, and they may not be too familiar with Larry Roundtree or what he's done, but very solid back. I mean, very, very shifty, um, you know, type, water bug type runner, if you're familiar with that. I mean, he's just a very shifty guy, um, can make people miss. And South Carolina has been great tackling. So I think stopping Larry Roundtree – could be the X factor in this game, especially for the South Carolina defense. Because I think offensively – I do think offensively South Carolina will be fine. I really do. But defensively, they just got they, – they, they've got to make stops. And it's really what it comes down to, in my opinion. So appreciate the question, Tim. All right, let's get into these other questions here. Uh, I got one on Twitter from at Patrick Jones 44 I don't think Jam will be benched against Mizzou. So, do you think they use him as a spy on Kelly Bryant? Man, I don't know – how they use him, but they got to change up the way they use him because they either need to put him on the bench or use him in a different way. Because, like, like, like the uh, the voicemail said earlier, man, it just, he has been abysmal. And I don't really know what the solution is or what's wrong or, you know, where the development process has gone wrong. And Must Champ talked about him at the presser this week saying that, you know, they want to see more consistency. Sometimes it's mental, sometimes it's this, it's that. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know what's gotten into Jam Williams um it worries me because you feel like must champ should be able to develop a guy like that and he hasn't but um, you know i don't think using him as a spy would be a bad idea but all i can say is this they've got to change the way they use him. they got to change something up um got another question here from at spurs up usc would you rather beat clemson and lose the rest of our games or win the rest of our games but lose to clemson and georgia and my answer might surprise you because obviously he's asking, would you rather go two and ten for the rest of this season, go two and ten but beat Clemson, or go eight and four and lose to Clemson in Georgia? Sign me up for that eight and four season, man. I'll be honest with you, because you don't get anywhere as a program going two and ten. You just don't. I mean, listen, South Carolina's beaten Clemson before. It's happened in our history. I know it would suck to lose to them, and it sucked to lose to Georgia again, obviously. But you get nowhere as a program going two and ten. <laughs> You just – I mean, Muschamp doesn't have a job. I, that's, and that's the sad part to think about is that Muschamp would be highly favored after that if we beat Clemson. But, number one, it wouldn't happen. A one in a one in ten – or, yeah, one one in ten South Carolina team wouldn't beat Clemson. And, again, you just get nowhere as a program doing that. You, you need to get as many wins as you possibly can. Um, Going eight and four, if you can secure an eight and four season this year, even if you lose to your biggest rivals, it, to me that that would be huge it'd be a huge step in the right direction for this program and I think it'd bring a lot of excitement to recruiting and this fan base and kind of get people back on board so give me that eight and four season I know it would suck and I know there's a lot of people I know there's a lot of people that would say the two and ten season to beat Clemson but me I, I want to see the wins I want to see you continue to build the program and kind of get us back where we need to be um all right let's get to the questions from Instagram got a couple Grayson underscore foster 13. What do you think our defensive or what do you think our defense needs to do to stop them from scoring a lot of points? Re- tackle. I mean, just really play assignment football and tackle do the simple, do the, the simplest things correctly. Do the little things. That's really what it comes down to. Neil 18 to sigh. Why is Mizzou at eight, a 10 point favorite over us? Honestly, I don't know. I mean, I, I can see why they're a favorite. But a 10-point favorite, that really, really surprised me. I don't know if it's got to do with the preseason hype they got from Vegas or the Kelly Bryan effect or how bad South Carolina's been on defense. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But that, that spread is huge for sure. Um, Mr. Underscore Incredible 01, how many points do we put up this weekend? I mean, you're going to have to put up 30-plus to win. There's just no question. So, I think South Carolina will put up at least 30. Uh, Clark SP 34 stats for Halinski versus Mizzou. I don't expect you to throw the ball 57 times. I'd be pretty shocked if that happened again. Uh, I'm seeing like a 22 for 34 game, 269, uh, three touchdowns and a pick, something like that. Uh, Clark SP 34 games actually got a couple of questions. What is wrong with the secondary? Do you expect any changes? I, I think the secondary, I-, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of youth. But there's a lot of talent. And, again, we'll know a lot more about this secondary after this weekend. Alabama's deep wide receivers are going to make a lot of people look stupid in the secondary. But I just – I don't know if our secondary got a little full of themselves in the offseason or if it's just the youth or what's going on. But yeah, they've got to step up and play, no doubt. Um, Clark SP34 also asked, Will we see more of Dak 7 this weekend. Dak Joyner. I don't know. It's a great question. I mean, I know a lot of people are wondering where he was at in the Bama game. I don't know if it really ever made sense to put him in at quarterback. But – you definitely think they're going to use his dynamic playmaking ability at the quarterback position. Um, I think we will see more of him. I'd love to see more of him in the red zone, like I said before, but I kind of have to wait and see. Davidson underscore Lynch, 20. We need to win this in Kentucky to have a chance at being bowl eligible. I agree. I think you got to win both. I, I just, you know, and for the direction of the program and, you know, the really Will Muschamp, his job status. I mean, you need to this this focusing just on this Missouri game, we know how big the Kentucky game is. That, that We don't have to talk about that one. But this Missouri game, again, it's as close to a must win as you can get. It's going to be really, really hard to have a good season or a decent season if you lose this game. Um, Real Josh will 90. If we play like we did against Alabama, what do you think will happen? I think we'll probably win. You know, I think we'll probably win uh blake c615 do you feel like ryan is an elite quarterback possibly bringing us monumental wins this season i think it's a, he's a he's a really great kid he's a really solid quarterback to be a true freshman let's pump the brakes and just let the kid do his thing i, I think he can be an elite quarterback for sure he's got the skill set he's got the intangibles let's just let it happen i, I don't want to put the elite t- label on this kid he's played two games you know what i mean let's just let it happen for him um Finally, saucy bro 22 why are we freaking underdogs? Road – I mean, a team on the road with a true freshman quarterback. I think that's kind of what it comes down to is why we are underdogs in general. So, appreciate the voicemails. Appreciate the questions, guys. Got a really fantastic interview. I'm very excited for this one. Uh, Alan Sirwa, uh, Gamecocks hockey coach, Gamecocks club hockey. I just call him Gamecocks hockey, though. They've been picking up a lot of steam over the last couple of years, a lot of fan support, and I really wanted to get him on the show and kind of preview their season. Gamecocks have already – Gamecocks hockey's already started their season. They actually beat Clemson last weekend, which is awesome, so we definitely talk about that. But I wanted to talk to Alan, kind of his experience playing in the ECHL, being the Gamecocks Hockey coach. Give those guys some love. You guys know I had James Harkey on the show as well that's lacrosse coach. I wanted to get Alan Sierwa, the head coach of Gamecocks Hockey, on here as well to – Talk about his squad and really just talk about the Gamecocks hockey program because it is a great program that they are running. Um, It was a phenomenal conversation. You guys stay tuned for that, and it's all brought to you by our friends. Over at SeatGeek, South Carolina fans, if you need your tickets to any Gamecocks sporting events, Gamecocks football games, the South Carolina-Kentucky games upcoming. It's a night game. Thank God. I'm so excited. Um, But if you're going to Columbia, Missouri, if you need your tickets to Kentucky, any game this season, Go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code Spurs to save twenty dollars off your first purchase. If you don't need tickets to South Carolina sporting events, they've got tickets to literally anything and everything else. MLB for all you Braves fans out there. I know the Braves just just uh, punched their ticket to the playoffs. They're going to be hosting the NLCS, NL or the NLDS, excuse me. If you need your tickets to that. You could use it for that. Uh, NFL, NBA, NHL, concerts, county club events. Doesn't have to be sports. SeatGeek actually does all the work for you with with their ticket rating system. They rate the tickets for you based on the type of deal you're getting. So you really have that peace of mind before you click the buy button. You know if you're getting a really good deal, if you're getting ripped off, you know exactly what you're paying for before you click that buy button. They do all the work for you. They make it super simple, super easy. And let me throw this in there as well because I had a fan ask me, if you've already used the Spurs Up promo code because it's only valid for your first purchase and you're like, God, I really would like to use it again. I mean, it's really as simple as this. Create a new account with a new email. Boom, you can use that promo code. Get $20 off. Why would you not do it? So, again, download SeatGeek. Go to SeatGeek.com. Use that promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P, all one word, to save $20 off your first purchase. All right, enjoy this interview with Gamecocks hockey coach Alan Sirwa. All right, joining us today on the Spurs Up show is a man that is a former ice hockey player. He's the ECHL's ninth all-time career scorer with 594 points. He's currently the Gamecocks head coach of the Gamecocks hockey team. I'm very pleased to welcome the show Gamecocks hockey coach, Alan Sirwa. Alan, appreciate you taking the time, in. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I want to start, Alan, obviously very excited to get you on because I talk to a lot of guys that are involved, whether it be Gamecocks football, baseball, basketball, you know, the main sports. But you obviously being the head coach of the hockey team, you have a very in-depth hockey background, like I mentioned, was fantastic in your playing days. Just kind of talk about uh, your upbringing. I know you're from uh, from Canada. Just what got you into the sport of hockey and just kind of where that love first started for the game?
4: Well, I'm uh, yeah, I was uh, born and raised in uh, Quebec, Canada. And uh, pretty much where I come from, um, it's like football here. The uh, hockey is by far number one sport. Uh, pretty much, I would say 70 to 80 percent of the uh, boys and girls now uh, play play the sport growing up, um, and I fell in love with it right away. Um, make a long story short, I grew up through the ranks and end up being able to sign a contract with the St. Louis Blues, and end up in the uh, the farm team, which was Baton Rouge at the time in Louisiana. And after a couple of years there, I uh, became a free agent, ended up signing a contract with a team called the PD Pride in Florence, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, met a girl there, and, and uh, now we, we're going on to our 20th of uh, year of marriage uh, coming in January. So, um, And after that, I've uh, been here this, uh, this long uh, in South Carolina itself, about 10 years. Um, and uh, I was offered a chance to uh, to jump in and to um, head coach this, uh, the, this great group of guys here.
1: And uh, I've been loving it since. Well, first off, congratulations on the 20-year anniversary. Obviously, that's awesome. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, I was looking, taking a look. You were a guy, like you mentioned, I mean, Baton Rouge, Jacksonville, PD, Florence, Greenville. You kind of bounced around a lot. I mean, how close did you come to the uh, – you know to making it up to the NHL ranks cuz again i you know i was reading through your profile and it says a career minor leaguer but i mean you were a, a damn good player i mean how, how close were you to cracking through to the uh the NHL ranks if you will
4: uh i think i was still pretty far away the 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 the, the big thing with me with my game was my uh my skating ability speed mostly mm-hmm. um both times that i uh, attended the St. Louis Blues training camp both times i got cut um uh both reasons was the same. Uh they could say that I had a good shot, I could score, uh saw to play well. Um I just uh, my skating ability wasn't to the other level of the NHL, which mm-hmm. I could see uh, you know, skating with those guys around. I mean those guys are really, really good. Uh I played some some hockey at the Amer- American Hockey League level, which is like triple A in baseball. And I would say that the East Coast to the, the American League is there's not that much deference. But when you make that last step, that's when the, the, it's a huge jump. So um, I would say that I was I was still kind of a little bit far away, but I was I was just really glad and appreciative to be able to get a get a taste of it a little bit and be there for for a couple of weeks and and really skate around with guys that I've been watching on TV growing up that I was my idol. So
1: right now, yeah, and you. So it's funny you mentioned the skating ability because I was going to say my first. Uh, First time getting a taste of, uh, you know, NHL hockey was two falls ago. I went up to a Buffalo Sabres game. And, I mean, you can just see the – I mean, it's – the the size and the way those guys move on the ice to me is just – it's crazy to watch. Because, I mean, the size of, like, football – you know, football players, but they're move. I mean, the way they're moving on the ice is just crazy. I mean, would you say it's the most important attribute to have for a pro hockey player is just that skating ability is really what it comes down to?
4: It is. It is. Uh, seems like when when I was playing an East Coast Arcade level, there seems like everybody had kind of a kind of a role. Um, there was a lot more fighting at the time as well. So there was guys that were just there for that. They didn't really need to skate very well as much. But in today's game, if you can't skate, you can't play. It doesn't matter how good everything else is. If you can't skate, because these guys are amazing and they're in on unreal shape compared to what it used to be back in the days as well. Uh, with everything else we know about uh, getting ready, prepare for, uh, to play pro sport now today,
1: um, these guys are r- really amazing. No doubt. So you already talked about you, ha- you get the opportunity. You're down in South Carolina. You obviously meet the love of your life. Just kind of talk to me about, because obviously you're currently the head coach of the Gamecocks hockey team. H- how did that opportunity come about? I- I'm very intrigued. How- how did you, Where did the connection to the South Carolina Gamecocks come from?
4: Well, let's just say that our program really, really uh, moved forward uh, quite a bit in the last five years. This will be my fifth season. Uh, mm-hmm. When this came around, actually, the guy that was coaching before that was an ex-player. Um, and then he was moving out, going to Charlotte uh, to, to, to start his, his, his life, really, with, a, with mm-hmm. a real job after graduating from the University of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, they asked. Uh, they asked myself if I was interested. Uh, I mean, I didn't know if I really wanted to. If that was something I really would, would enjoy, and uh, they were really in, in a bind. Um, mm-hmm. So I went ahead and I jumped in, and right away I could tell I really I really enjoyed it. Um, I just, I kind of like everything about the game. Try to teach um, the youngers how, how to how to get better, and and, uh, and I like the fact that they're older as well. So you can talk to them like they're you know they're man, the young man uh, getting mm-hmm. ready to. Uh, to graduate and move on into life and uh, and really from there um, no nah, I really I'm, I mean I'm all in uh, unless they get rid of me I'll be I'll be around.
1: <laughs> no for sure so yeah I mean one thing I want to ask you about because I think it's an interesting dynamic and I'm not sure if you saw or not but uh, you know obviously with the success lacrosse had and you notice I, I don't say that it's club hockey and I, I just call it Gamecocks hockey because obviously the school outside of you guys does not have a hockey team like a lot of other big time you know D1 schools which Much more prevalent, obviously, in the Northeast and things of that nature than, you know, I don't think anyone in the SEC has a hockey team that is, like, recognized by the NCAA. So, I mean, what's the, uh, what's the, how do you guys approach it? Because, again, me personally, mentally, when I look at you guys and I look at lacrosse, I don't put the club label on it. I mean, how do you guys view that? Is there, is there a challenge there? Is there any, does that present any problems? Are there any pros to it? I mean, how do you look at that?
4: Well, um, like you say club it really I would kind of like the fact that it would be taken away completely because really the level and and just in the last five years that I've been around the level of hockey has been uh and, and you could ask guys that that get caught or guys that don't that don't make our team and that's played at really high levels up north they go I can't believe this is you know they, they they're walking in here thinking that you know it's going to be just a fun thing that'd be the best player in the league and come to find out there's a ton of them mm. uh this year was a great turnout the best turnout i've had in five years with 56 players trying out um part of that was six goaltenders wow. which is it, it's a nice thing to have um now the bad side of that is i had to make some really hard decisions um mm. because from year to year we choose the best 25 uh we actually roster 30 but we, Really, the the top twenty five will play. We get mm-hmm. to dress twenty one per per game. Um, so it was a tough, um, it was a tough year uh, decision wise. But again, this is the best team that we've had since I've been here.
1: For sure, and I, I want to talk about that team. You guys, obviously, coming off you know a huge win over Clemson over the past weekend, uh, beating Clemson six to five. Uh, just talk about sort of that rivalry, because again, I mean, I know you're a guy that's not necessarily you know, born and raised a Gamecock or anything. And it's funny, even, I I can only imagine, six to four was the final score, excuse me, but I can only imagine, you know, I I say that you've got to be a grown man to play hockey because it is probably one of the most, if not the most physical sport out there. Uh, So, I mean, the obviously the the, rivalry is intense on the football field, the baseball, diamond, basketball, but in hockey, I can only imagine, I think you guys had the, the brawl last year with Clemson. I mean, talk about just that rivalry in general, and then obviously to get your season going with that win uh over the over the past weekend's gotta be a great start for you guys I'd imagine.
4: Yeah, we uh you know I, I could I could say sit here and say uh that we approach every game the same but um obviously every time you play Clemson in any sports um when you're at University of South Carolina I think there's a little extra into it. Mm-hmm. And uh guys know that. Um especially the 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 ones that have been around for two, three, four years. Um like my seniors know about all that. Um yeah with the thing that happened last year it's just it's it's a game with where, where the emotions can can turn um can turn quickly um you gotta be careful and try to stay disciplined sometimes it's hard uh it's such a fast sport and physical um but altogether, I think we we've done that well, especially last friday and this was a big win for us. I like to start um get get one behind us right away, especially as young as we are. We have 13 freshmen this year, and we had 13 last year. So we uh, we are very very young, but all that means in the future is we're gonna have two two full seasons with at least two full seasons with the uh, with the same roster. Um, this win uh, th- this win was huge for us. We started a little uh, a little uh, slow. Uh, we're down three one really fast, uh, but guys started figuring out. I think because we're so young. I think that was part of it. Guys were a little nervous. And, you could tell in the second period they started picking it up. And in third period, I, I thought we dominated the third period. And, and uh, we had 52 shots on that. So
1: mm.
4: uh, we definitely had to fuck most of the time. So it was a great way to
1: start the season. And I'm sure it's fun to go up to their place and take care of business as well. Coach, I have to ask, and if you can't answer, I completely understand. But what was the, <laughs> uh, what was the deal with the, uh, with the jerseys thing? Did they not exactly copy you guys' jersey design? Because it, it just seemed kind of fishy to me.
4: I, I didn't. I didn't really look at it that much. Um, I kind of looked at it quick. I saw it on social media. They, they seemed to be. They seemed to look alike. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't really want to make a big deal out of it. And, and this is for the players to have fun with. So, um, I, I don't really care what they wear as long as we
1: win. No doubt. Well, we won't make a big deal of it, but we will say it is a carbon copy. So we 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 can at least admit that. But uh, now, just <laughs> so, taking a look at your schedule, obviously you guys play at the Plex in Irmo, South Carolina. If that's incorrect, you can correct me there. But uh, and I know it's you know you talked about how much this program has grown over the past five years or so since you've been there. And I noticed that you know I mean I'll be honest with you, three four years ago I didn't know anything about Gamecock hockey, and now you know you see a lot of the fan support, and I think lacrosse is picking that up as well. Uh, just talk about how has the fan support been and how has it grown since you took the job?
4: Oh, it's, it's just to tell you that the, 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 first season I took over, we, we took a bus, I believe once or twice, because that's really all we could afford. And guys were driving their own vehicle to games, uh, which we, we worked right away on to, on to changing that. And we're at the point now where we have a bus at every single game or <clears> attendance, <throat> um, the last game against clemson uh last season the senior night was the biggest attendance you ever had which was over 700 people in that smaller mm. little arena which was pretty amazing um it turned out to be a spectacular night um and then live obviously we've got a small ice here so live is, is is a blast for any fans even if you're not a fan of hockey just going to see it live and uh you know every time you play clemson there's always a little extra as well but Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, uh, the big addition last season of Alan Gordon, uh, which is our equipment manager mm-hmm. also works for the, works for the university, uh, has a ton of contacts, ton of experience in the, in, in hockey, mostly in minor league. Uh, but he can relate, uh, very good. And he's got a love of that university, like you wouldn't believe. And he's been reaching out and the outpouring has been amazing we've uh we've sold i don't know the exact number how many jerseys we sold but we had a we opened a store online for 3 weeks and uh i believe we 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 profited over $5,000 um wow. jersey sale. it was out of nowhere yeah it was it was amazing we had a golf uh, golf tournament this summer where we raised over $2,500 and it was put in, in 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 a 3 week time um yeah it, it, it the support has been great um and you know there's the, the the great tight end of uh, Ravens, Hayden Hurst, has also made a great donation to our team, which ends up buying us uh, brand new jerseys, gloves, and um, and uh, pants as well.
1: So that's awesome. It's been I've, all over. I've, I've been seeing some of the stuff with the uh, you know with, <clears throat> with the equipment you guys have been getting, which is I mean, fantastic. Again, I mean, it's it's great to see that support, and I'm not surprised that Gamecock Nation has been able to to pick it up there for sure for you guys. Um, y- you know, I talked a little bit earlier about the whole the club versus I guess, NCAA thing, whatever. I mean, is it to a point where you would want to grow the program to where you'd want to take it to that NCAA level and make it an official NCAA sport? I mean, wh- what are your thoughts? I mean, do you like it staying kind of being in the current level it's at now?
4: I think, I think for now where we're at, I think, I think it's fine. I, I like the way we're growing. You, you can't go too fast either right? Uh, because of a change. So much of change of players and uh, because at the end of the day, as of right now, this is a student-ran organization. Mm-hmm. So the students, we have a president, vice president, treasurer, all that stuff. Um, they deal with the school because uh, really all I do is coach. Um, I try to help in other ways I can, but I, I actually not have any contact with the school. The students do all that. Right. So, um, But at the end of the day, if you keep growing the way it is and the support is there, um, our arena is definitely too small. That would be uh, a big negative there because right. we, you start growing now, and now you're becoming D one. You're gonna you gonna need a few thousand seats. Um, Seven hundred is not gonna cut it. So
1: um, there'd be hey, some adjustments
4: well, there, but that would definitely could be could be uh, in the future could be something doable.
1: Hey, why not throw some ice in Colonial Life Arena? I mean, I know they've done it before, so wouldn't
4: that be great?
1: <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. I think that'd be a great venue for it. Uh, and so I want to talk about your team specifically this year. I'm not going to go player by player or anything, but one thing I noticed, you know, just following you guys on social media and following the team along is that you guys, I feel like your bunch, and you can attest to this a lot better than I can is a very, you, you guys are loose, have a lot of fun, but obviously a lot of intensity as well. But just kind of talk about the dynamics of your 2019, 2020 squad. What has you excited or is there anything, specifically that maybe has you concerned that you guys are looking, you know, void you're looking to fill as the season goes or, you know, what are your thoughts just kind of on this, this, uh, this year's squad?
4: Well, uh, over the past seasons, um, that I've been here, we, we've always had kind of a weakness at a certain level. It was defense or, you know, they need a little bit more scoring up front or maybe, uh, was struggling, but I feel like this season we really have all three covered. Um, and what I've seen Friday night was very, very, um, very, very interesting. I thought we were, we were way ahead of what I've seen in the past. Uh, all we did is just start slow. And after that, you could tell the guys start really feeling, feeling – and Clemson is actually a lot better this season than I thought it would be. The, the class of Frenchmen that came in are very, very fast, um, and, and, and so are we. Um, so I really like our team altogether. Um, our speed, I think, is going to be huge uh goaltending is solid and we added a a a few defensemen that would uh that'd be the best in some of the 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 other teams in the league so i really really like our chances to do something this season and if it's not this season it'll be the next one because i'll have the same group back to back
1: all right yeah awesome so so for you guys again i'm looking at the schedule right now your first home games at the plex are october 4th and 5th against vanderbilt it looks like and you guys Host Florida, the 18th and 20th. Coach, just let everybody know just kind of where they can find you guys in case they're listening to this show and they're not familiar with you on social media and then obviously where we can take in some Gamecock hockey, where the, uh, where the Plex actually is.
4: It's in Irmo. It's uh, uh, off I-26. It's exit, exit 97, the peak exit. As okay. soon as you get off there, you, see, you take a quick left and a quick right, and it's right there behind. It used to be called the Iceland back in the days. Right. Uh, now it's the Plex, and it's the, the one that has the uh, high wire in it. On on the left side of the building, uh, but not the one in Sand Hills. I've had people uh, actually go all the way to Sand Hills <laughs> to gotcha. see that there was no uh, there was no hockey there. So,
1: <laughs> well, I'll definitely be sure to be out there. The Spurs Up Show will certainly be in attendance for those, and I encourage all Gamecock fans be sure to come out, check out this team again. You guys have already taken down Clemson, which what's new you guys have on the state on the uniforms you have on the state on a lot of your promotional stuff on the on the team poster and I I think you guys live by that motto but obviously it'll be a lot of fun a lot of Gamecock hockey again like I mentioned uh, South Carolina Hockey taking on Coastal September 21st and 2nd on the road but then returning home to the Plex starting October 4th taking on Vanderbilt Coach Sirwa appreciate you taking the time man obviously again we'll be uh, we'll be following along be out there supporting you guys and really appreciate what you're doing for the for uh, Gamecocks Hockey.